So, Father, we thank you. Thank you for your words. Thank you for the word. Father, help us to step out onto the water like you did with Peter. Let us embrace that what you've got for us, Lord. So that we can be worshippers in spirit and in truth. Help us along, Lord. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may sit down. People say you can take your seat. It feels like you like take your bed and walk. To have your seat. Weird. But good morning. If you're joining us for the very first time, like ever in life, you've never been here before, welcome. If, you, if you've received a little card, please fill that in. We don't want to spam you or send you all these marketing things. We really just want to connect with you. And then if you have a prayer request, put it down there. We'll pray, we'll pray with you. We'll even phone you and pray with you on the phone. Or pray with you via a WhatsApp voice note. Or we'll send a prayer via email. Now I'm getting a bit of sidetracked here. But fill in that card. Please hand it back and we'll, we'll connect with you. At the Father's house... We love celebrating birthdays, so if it's your birthday this week, may the Lord bless you, may He keep you, may He make His face shine upon you, be gracious unto you, and may people who know you bring you cupcakes, and if you want, you can invite me, I will eat them on their behalf, be wonderful, so on the 7th, which is today, Tanash, Tanash is here? Where you at, where you at, where you at, where? ah, there you go, happy birthday, man. On the 8th, Deirdre Mills, on the 10th, Babongile, Malama, and on the 13th, Morgan, September. From the 22nd of January till the 26th of January, we have our annual prayer and fast week. It's always a wonderful time fasting and praying, but we will communicate more details, give a little plan of what we're praying about, what we're trusting the Lord for. And obviously there's Thanksgiving in between, you know, days of that we'll just praise the Lord and just worship Him. It'll be great. Keep your eye out on, for that. Um, our Sunday service, next week, 14th of January, come out 9 o'clock. Um, Please note that all our sermons are available on podcasts and YouTube. Hashtag the Father's House Christian Fellowship. It's a strange announcement. <laughs> Corporate prayer. Every Sunday morning at about 8.30, we pray in the morning. Um, we believe in prayer. We just believe in dedicating the service to the Lord. Praying, just praying into what the Lord is showing us for the day. So join us on Sunday mornings at 8.30. And about 10 to 9, you can go back greeting and hugging and all that kind of stuff. But we use that time just to pray together and hang out, have some worship music playing, and it's good. We are basically almost officially back. So we're going to have our regular meetings. Youth starts up again on Friday to the 19th. Marlon, you look happy now. Oh, okay. You're tired, man. Marlon went hiking yesterday. Is that New Year's resolution or is that love, Marlon? One of the, it's... Love for the young people. Well saved, man. <laughs> Ladies' meeting starts up again on Wednesday, the 24th of January. Looking forward to that. If you are available in, on Wednesday mornings, come out, hang out with them. It's a really cool place to, work, to, to worship and just hang out and also be encouraged and prayed for and loved on. And they eat. Hmm. Healing streams. Healing streams is a ministry we have where you come and you just encounter the Lord Get freed, you know, get freed of the stuff that holds you. But it's more than that. Just, again, it's prayer, it's encouragement, people that just love upon you. Make an appointment at the office. They always, it's just for logistics. It's not like they're only certain, because God doesn't just heal on certain days. He heals every, any day. So just make an appointment with them. It's just for logistics sake. 
Um, counseling, marital counseling, just general counseling. If you need some counseling, you need some, somebody just to pray with you, just to listen to your stuff, contact Jose and Cheryl. Cheryl, Jose, just put up your hand there so that, yeah, they, those, those people. Or just contact the office and they'll, um, they'll hook you up with, with Jose and Cheryl. The tithes and offerings are still going around. And then, just we, as we're getting back into, into the normal run of the, you know, run of the mill and going back to work, and I just want to encourage you just to just keep on keeping on. The Lord is good and faithful, and sometimes it doesn't look like there's any, any plan, you know, anything, any direction. Just stay close to Jesus. Just stay at His feet. Just keep on keeping on. Just hold on. It's going to be okay. It's always going to be okay, because we serve the Creator of the universe. Pete, you, that excited you, Pete. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yes, you may approach the bench, sir. <laughs> I must mention. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's just pray for the tithes and offerings. Father, we thank you for your provision. Thank you that you're good, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you will show us how to steward this well so that we can build and extend your kingdom for your glory and your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And so, it is my pleasure to introduce Timothy. Welcome. Good morning. Well, are you doing well? Thank you. I heard you out there on that side. Oh, was I, Veronica? Okay. Um, let me first say it's a new year. So I don't know if you realized we are in 2024 already. And um, it happened so quickly, eh? Are we okay here with this? Good? Okay. Um, we're going to kick the year off with some family things. So I'm going to call, where's my wife? Um, join me quickly. I'm going to call up um, families this morning. I think I might need that mic quickly. Hello. Hello. That's better. Um, let me first call up Brett and Chante and little baby Reese. Can we? Yeah. <laughs> Come and join us this morning. And then also Nella, with Nella and Katlejo. And little baby Iyama. Iyana. Where are you, you guys? Here we go. We love babies. Hello. We love family. And maybe you guys want to come over this way. There we go. Oh. And. Um, it's always good to share this moment with the spiritual family, with the church family. Uh, also good to have your mom here all the way from, from England. Welcome. So, so one of the things that we do as a family, we dedicate babies. We, um, really, it's a commitment in front of the family of the Lord. Amen. Um, for the parents to raise up their children in the ways of the Lord. And there's a blessing for that. Hello. I love your eyes. <laughs> She's so cute. So I'm going to, before we pray, I'm going to ask my wife just to share some words.
Um, if you've been at Father's House for more than a year, then you know that when we dedicate um, babies, I personally just feel it's such an important time to speak life over them. And uh, I ask the parents, please send your, your child's name, and I'm just going to trust the Lord for a word and just to encourage them. Um, so I'm going to start with Reese. I'm going to read it because I'm like a nervous. <laughs> um, I am. <laughs> the name Reese means passion, zealous, enthusiasm, inspired by God. At, and his second name is Atlas. Yo, you like the name? Okay. Reese, may your heart be exactly who your name says. May your passions not be misunderstood that you would learn early to communicate clearly what you're passionate about, and may you absorb all the fundamentals that the Father has for your life in your young years, that you would truly walk in who you are called daily, Reese, inspired by God. Yes, we pray that you will be an inspiration to others, but that your walk with the Father starts soon and that you would take, every, take up every dream, every desire, every idea with your name as the footnote. May you do things with godly inspiration and rock the world with strength of character and direction. That you would see things in ways that others won't understand, but they will know that only God could have inspired what you produce. This would link to the name Atlas. When you learn your second name, we pray you would step into your strength that you would dig deep and be able to be a pillar and a place of safety. Oh, Atlas means enduring. That you would dig deep and be able to be a pillar and a place of safety to help those overcome in Jesus. May your walk never be a burden, and we pray that God would teach you to carry things lightly and yet with such wisdom. May your heart forever be soft to what God has for you and that Jesus would be your very best friend. In the New King James, in Proverbs 16, it says, A man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. We pray God's protection over your mind and heart, that you would have a Holy Spirit firewall to God against anything uninvited or unsolicited. We pray your zeal for morality and godliness would start young and be a pillar. We pray that your parents would have the courage and strength to know how to feed your soul and spirit with the right tools that you will need in your future in order to grow to be who God has designed you to be. For you as parents, as Tim mentioned earlier, be strong and very courageous and do not be afraid. Iana, God has been in the service for you, because Iana's name means reigning, God's blessing. And I was just overwhelmed at the back, just about all the water and everything that was, that was spoken, and Iana's name means that. There is an expansion in the name of Iana, which says, without rain, there is no water, and without water, there's no life. So rain is life, and Iana is God's gift to us of rain. What came to mind when I read your meaning is the refreshing smell of rain, hitting hot earth or grass on a hot day. It is refreshing and rejuvenating in a time when the heat becomes unbearable. We pray this is who you are, 
and that you will be refreshing a lightness and a rejuvenation to situations and people that are feeling hopeless. I pray that your nature will light up a room as she's lighting up right now. <laughs> and that you carry the presence of the Lord with, your, with you everywhere and as young as you are now. We pray that you wouldn't only be refreshing to those around you, but that you would carry Jesus in you and that through you, as it says in John 7 verse 38, that out of you rivers of living water would flow. I pray for protection over your heart and your body, that you would find security in the Lord and that he would set a fire of protection around you to be able to walk in the calling he has over your life without trauma. I pray that every time your name is spoken, that all the blessings of God would come as a reminder to all of those around you, especially your parents. I pray for discernment to increase in them as they build into your life foundation, that they would root in the word, root you in the word, and be the gatekeepers that God has gifted them to be. Amen. You want to come? Okay, we're going to pray. Can we just uh, stretch your hands out? We're going to pray a blessing over these families. We thank you, Lord. Oh, man, she's so cute. <laughs> we thank you, Father, for Reese. We thank you for Iana. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that your hand of protection is upon them. Lord, we pray blessing over these families. We pray protection over them, Father. We thank you, Lord, that even as parents, as they raise the little ones in the ways of the Lord, that you will give them wisdom, that, Lord, you will give them grace, patience, endurance. And, Father, we just pray as a family right now that you, you may come alongside these two families as they raise their children to know you more. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you dwell within them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. And she can't stop smiling. <laughs> So, um, oh, it's good. It's so good to be among people that love the Lord. And um, I look at your faces and I feel encouraged. Okay, <laughs> But I, I, last week, man, it was hot in here. But I think it was more about the Holy Spirit's heat. Eh? But we've got some testimonies. And I, I just want to call, I'm going to call Cheryl first to come and share what the Lord has done. Hey. Um, last week I walked out here and I actually said to Tim that I'm going to come back today and I'm actually going to share God's goodness and his healing power in my life. Um, last year has been a very tough year um, physically and um, about, I'd say, three months ago I started having terrible headaches. Um, I down the left side of my face I went totally dead, down my arms, wasn't a stroke, and um, I went to my doctor and he said to me that it could be the start of Bell's palsy, so I um, was put onto antiretroviral drugs and wasn't nice, and then a week after that I still didn't feel good, so I had to go to the neurologist and he said to me, look, we're going to do a brain scan on you because there has to be something neurological, because I had pain here, here, and here. 
And um, it was amazing because I went and had my um, MRI scan. I was peaceful all the time because um, if you know me, I'm like very forward with God. I like say to him, like really, I'm your favorite. What's going on here? And why am I not being healed? Jose laughs at me because he says everyone's God's favorite, but I know I am. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I said, God, I'm really believing you. But when I got to the MRI scan, I was so nervous. It was almost like fear had overwhelmed me. And um, I went into the scan, and I am so claustrophobic. So I lay in that tube, and they, like, strap your head in. You can't move. It's terrible. And as and I'm going to... Sh- can I say the psalm, my favorite psalm, and unfortunately it's in the King James Version because that's how I learned it. Um, I was saying, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I will not suffer my foot to be moved. He that keepeth Cheryl shall not fear. He that keepeth is. He that keepeth thee, thee shall not stumble. He that keepeth thee shall... Yeah. The Lord... It's like, yeah, it's getting a bit... The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade upon my right hand. The sun will not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall deliver me from all evil. He shall de- preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forward and even forevermore. And the afternoon I got the results from my scan and my doctor said to me, "Um, Cheryl, I don't know if it's good or bad news. He says, but we have not found any lesions or any masses on the scan. And I said to him, well, I truly believe that this is God because people have been praying for me. And I said to Tim, I'm going to stand here with a clear report. So I still do have headaches, and I don't know where they're coming from. But um, the brain is clear. So I'm trusting God for total healing. And uh, because I'm his favorite, I'm going to be healed. Don't go. We can trust the Lord right now for completeness. eh? So we thank you, Father. You can pray with us. Thank you, Lord. The process of healing has already started. <laughs> and so we just pray right now, you seal, Father, every healing that needs to take place in Cheryl's body right now. Thank you for that pain, Lord, that leaves in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that there's more good reports coming <laughs> in Jesus' name. Amen. You are the favorite. Oh, man. I'm having a meeting with the Lord later. Um, Kathy, will you come? Morning, everyone. Um, So I just need to give a bit of a background so that you understand the story better because it's in the details that the miracle happened. Um, So my youngest son, Josh, um, those of you who were here on Christmas, we prayed for him to... He's gone over to Australia to study for 12 months. Um, And whether he finds a job after that and stays there, or whether he comes back, um, it's in God's hands, but it's all good. Um, I'm just surprised how, how peaceful I'm feeling about the whole thing. I thought I would be a mess, but that's all fine. But um, the family that he's staying with over there is my sister um, and her family in Brisbane. 
Um, and they're a Christian family, which I'm very grateful for, especially with Josh staying with them. He couldn't have gone to a better family. Um, but their third child, um, their oldest daughter, um, she just finished school end of last year. She's a 17. Um, she's chosen to reject God for whatever reason. Um, I think it's probably got a lot to do with who she hangs around with her friends. One of her friends is, she's a female, but she goes by the pronoun they, them, or they, or however it goes. Um, and she's also got, Lucy's got um, mental health issues. She's, um, she's on medication, and she sees a therapist. And she's also tried to take her life more than, on more than one occasion. Um, yeah, so that's just a bit of background of her. Oh, and also, um, my sister's a very highly qualified nursing sister, um, unlike me, you know. So um, if I get this story a bit mixed up and use the wrong terms or whatever, those doctors and medical people in the, in the house, just forgive me. Um, but um, Lucy, she injured her knee... Um, quite a few years ago when she was growing up and the doctor said to her she'd eventually have to have surgery one day. So, and he's been bothering her uh, lately so she decided um, eventually to get the surgery. I knew she was getting the surgery but I didn't know exactly which day but a few weeks ago when my sister phoned me at work um, I could immediately tell something was wrong and she said that Lucy had had the knee surgery that morning um, but the knee surgery had gone fine, but when they were bringing her out of the anaesthetic, something had happened and her throat had closed up and she couldn't breathe. Um, and so um, they were trying to get a tube down her throat so that the machine could breathe for her. Um, so when my sister phoned me, um, Lucy was in intensive care with, um, in an induced coma with the machine breathing for her because um, they eventually managed to get the tube in. Um, I don't know how long she was without oxygen, but it was long enough that the doctor was concerned that there might be brain damage. Um, and then just remembering that my sister's a highly trained nurse, so she sees her daughter lying there, you know, in hospital with all these tubes and things, so, and she knows exactly how bad the situation is, what's going on. So unlike someone like me who probably, you know, is just confused and unaware of what's, what's happening. But So she was in quite a state, um, but she asked me to pray. So I immediately asked the boys to pray. Um, I asked the hospital ministry to pray. Adian asked the um, intercessory team to pray. And my sister's best friends in Australia are um, a pastor and his wife. Um, they actually spent Christmas Day together. Um, so they were obviously praying. So there were a lot of people praying for Lucy. Um, and that whole afternoon, evening went by. We heard no news, nothing from the hospital. The next morning, I, I phoned my sister. Um, so it was already afternoon in Brisbane. And she said, praise the Lord, Lucy had woken up and there was no brain damage. Um, yeah, so that's, that's amazing. But I just, um, the one thing my sister had, her prayer for Lucy was that she wouldn't um, remember not being able to breathe. And um, she doesn't remember anything from the day before, so that's the answer to my sister's prayer. Um, and I said to my sister, you know, um, that's what happened to Lucy was a spiritual attack on her life because she had a death wish over her life. 
And she said, yes, she knows that, but not only that, right before she um, went into theatre, she jokingly said to my sister, oh, the, the anaesthetist is going to have a tough time with me, hey? Joking. So I just want to say, God spoke and he created the earth and everything in it. Um, there's that children's um, Bible song that goes, uh, be careful little eyes what you see, be careful little mouth what you speak. And um, Proverbs uh, Proverbs 18.21 says life and death is in the power of the tongue um, and I wasn't going to share this but um, God spoke to me this morning while I was preparing and he said you know not only that when we pray um, we're not only speaking to God asking him to intervene in our situations but by speaking we're also using our mouth and declaring that over our situations and over our friends and families so we need to really be careful what we speak and what we say in situations because there's only two things. It's either good or evil. It can't be both. So if it's not good, then it's evil. And what actually happens is by speaking, we're giving access. We're speaking good. We're giving access to God to work in that situation. And by speaking negativity and evil, we're giving um, Satan a foothold in our lives. So... Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that. And then one other thing um, before I end. Um, I don't know how old the doctor is or how long he's been practicing, but he said um, this is only the second time he's ever come across this thing that happened to Lucy. Um, and that the first time was a very obesely overweight male. So it just makes me realize that it actually is, was quite a miracle that happened to her. And I'm just praying that through this, Lucy will come to know that God is her saviour, that he's for her, he has a plan for her life. And I just want to say now, thank you, Lord, for Lucy's name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Thank you, Kathy, Cheryl. I've got a word this morning, um, and I titled it, What is Your Narrative? You know... Um, I was thinking about New Year's, and I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, have probably taken some time to reflect on 2023. Am I right? It's amazing that during this season, many people look back, look at a year, and ask a few questions like, what did I do this year that I can change for 2024? How is 2024 going to be better than 2023? Um... I'm not really sure why we wait the whole year to get to that point. We should actually be asking those questions regularly, right? <laughs> you know, um, and I'm probably also guilty right there, waiting till the end of the year to reflect back. I put on the news, and um, this is now recent in the week, and I saw the headline was, ISIS has taken responsibility for, I don't know if you guys saw that, for bombing in Iran. I went to another channel, and the headline came up, and it says, the U.S. is responsible for the bombing in Iran. Two different medias, two different news channels, two different narratives. Do you know that your whole life is based on narratives, thoughts that are coming in every single moment of your life? Thoughts that can 
actually shape you, you, shape the way you think, shape the way you see life, even shape the way you see God. So my wife has been warning me, and I've been listening to her, because it's a good thing to listen to your wife, Marlon. Um, <laughs> Marlon, you're not supposed to answer back. Um, not, not to listen to one narrative when it comes to the news. You know, and I was thinking about that this whole, this whole week, thinking about 2024, thinking about the new year, and, and I thought to myself, what is the narrative that you and I have about God? You see, because the way you see God will determine the way you see yourself. And the way you see God will also determine the way you see the world, the way you see others, the person sitting next to you, the person you're watching on TV, the person on the other side of the world by the name of Lucy, hey, Kathy, that needs Jesus. And so this morning, I want to speak about changing our narratives. And it's really based on the scripture that says, um, renew the mind. Take every thought captive. So let's pray and we'll get straight into it. And then we'll just let the Lord do what he normally does. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that, Father, your word brings life and it brings light. Lord, every person sitting here this morning, as we've heard, is not here by coincidence, Father. But we are here because, Lord, you've ordained this time. And we pray, Father, as we open up our hearts, that you may speak into our hearts and into our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. So here are a couple of um, false narratives of God that um, I think you might have heard. Maybe you might even be thinking still today. The first is God is a punitive God. In other words, God wants to inflict punishment. He's like that angry God that waits like a traffic officer, Waiting with his, you know, speed trap. I don't know if you've ever driven down Old Paul. Yes. How many of you got fines from Old Paul? Yes. You can put your hand up, I. How many of you haven't paid it? <laughs> okay, no. Don't put your hand up. <laughs> but you know that traffic officer that sits behind the tree? He's not even out in the open. He sits behind the tree. Once we were driving to um, Joburg, this was many years ago, when we still called Joburg, Joburg, you know. It's now Gauteng, right? We were on our way, and I couldn't, this is the first time I experienced traffic officers in Gauteng. Man, it was on the N1, Nogal. And I was going easily, probably 120, I don't know, I think maybe 120. Okay. <laughs> but he stepped out of nowhere, he stepped out of this um, bush, and he just... And I tell you, I mean... You have to break. You're going 120 and the guy steps in front of your car. I had to break to stop over and pull over. And luckily, it wasn't for me. It was the guy behind me. <laughs> but I thought to myself, man, you know, traffic officers that hide behind bushes. Sometimes we can have a view of God as though he's the traffic officer sitting behind a bush waiting for you to do something wrong. And then can't, can't wait to inflict the punishment. You know, like pull out the book and write the fine down. You know, that's a false narrative of God. 
Another false narrative of God is God is distant. He is high above and we are far below. I don't know how many times I went to church feeling like that. Feeling that, oh, if I just raise my hands higher, maybe I'll reach the Father. If I just sing a little louder, you know, maybe I'll reach the ears of God that He can hear me or pray a little louder. Some, I'm just I'm putting some thoughts before you. Sometimes we do things because we have a narrative. Amazingly, Jesus, in the Lord's Prayer, addressed a lot of false narratives. And I, I, this, isn't, this isn't the main part of the sermon, but I wanted to bring this to you this morning because I wrote it down afterwards in pencil. <laughs> and I felt the Lord wanted me to share this. But you know, when Jesus said, Our Father who art in heaven, in Jewish cosmology, is that right? The way Jews understand the heavens, cosmology, they did not see heaven as a place that is far off. I don't know if you know that. In fact, in Jewish understanding of heaven, heaven is the air we breathe all around us. So when Jesus said, Our Father who art in heaven, He was making a statement to nullify the wrong narrative that God is for. He was saying, Our Father who is present, in all things. Our Father who is not absent in any environment, in anything in my life. Our Father who is here right now. This morning we worshipped. And I don't know about you, but I could feel our Father who art in heaven. How? Why do you think the Ruach of God, the breath of God, when He breathes on you, you know, He's so close that He can breathe on you. And Jesus, in one, st- in one opening of a, a, a prayer, changed the narrative. Second, what in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God is holy. Do you know how significant that was for the Jew? Who saw the holiness of God as a separation from man. In fact, the holiness of God was be- behind the veil. The thick veil that separated. Why? Because man could not come close to his holiness. And so Jesus says, Our Father who are present, hallowed, holy is your name. In other words, the present God is a holy God. And he chooses to come close to you. Cheryl, he chose to heal you. That's how close he came. That's how close he is. Another narrative that Jesus changed, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, God is king. And I was thinking about this. When Jesus came to the earth, the Romans were occupying. And they, they, the Jews were under there, you know, they were being oppressed by the Romans at that time. Caesar would be seen as a god. King Caesar would be seen as a God. And they would have statues up of Caesar all over. And Jesus makes this bold statement that God is king and God is powerful even beyond Caesar. Hallowed be thy name. 
your kingdom come. You know, the Romans came with force to take over. Jesus came with humility and servanthood to bring the kingdom of God. Huge different, and yet, who's more powerful? <laughs> the one that comes with force or the one that comes with humility? And then it goes on and says, your kingdom come, your will, be, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. God is our provider. See, we, for many of us, we say that, but do we believe it? The narrative needs to become a reality. God is your provider. I was thinking back of 2023 and how many times uh, we needed to trust the Lord. And, you know, I actually thought it's so good to be in a place of trust. In fact, it's dangerous to be in a place where you're not needing to trust anymore. And God is your provider. He's the source. He's the one that brings all things to you and I. And then give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. Let me just track a little back. Forgive us our trespasses. God is merciful. Do you know that God's desire is to forgive? Not unlike the traffic officer waiting to catch you, God wants to forgive. God wants to pardon. In fact, He can't wait for you to come so that He can pardon you. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation. And I love this. God protects. God protects you from sickness. God protects you from disease. God protects you from harm. So I have a question this morning. Do you believe that narrative or those narratives? What is your narrative? I want to go deeper into the goodness of God. So just bear with me. Not going to be too long because um, we're going to allow the Lord just to come and meet us with this word. But what is your narrative of God's goodness? I had this question brought, but if God is good, why does, do bad things happen in this world? If God is good, why am I going through suffering and pain? So I want, I'm going to ask, can you put uh, Psalm 100 and verse 5 up for me, um, Chauvet or Darian? Here we go. So let's look at God's goodness. Let's look at the narrative of God's goodness. God's goodness is first and foremost eternal. It's forever. It doesn't come to an end. Psalm 100 verse 5 says, For the Lord is good. Can I do something charismatic? Is that okay? Amen. Okay. Turn to your neighbor. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, For the Lord is good. And then, you know, like they normally would do it, turn to the other neighbor okay, and say, for the Lord is good. Okay. So I'm just making sure you're still with me. For the Lord is good and his love endures for? His faithfulness continues through all generations. There is no end to the goodness of God. 
There is nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing in this earth or in the heavens that can change God from being good. He knows no other than goodness. Think about that. There's a good preacher who do pause. Worship leader, Selah. (laughs) Nothing can change the goodness of God. James 1 verse 17. Every good, you should write this down, you know, and, and whenever you're feeling a bit down, put these scriptures up. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. I love this. Now, you know, the picture that James is painting is when you look at light, depending on the angle, right? So the sun is shining, and I'm standing here, and my shadow is behind me. But if I just move this, or not me, the sun moves a little bit, and I look at it from that angle, in my, and so your shadow shifts depending on the angle of the light. Whatever angle you look at the goodness of God, He never changes. So I wrote a few things down and I said, Lord, sometimes I look from the angle, from a perspective of victory and breakthrough, testimonies. And I see, whoa, God is good. It's almost like the picture of Revelations when the angels, they see Him and then they um, begin to worship and they say the 24 elders begin to throw their crowns down and this happens for all eternity because there's so much goodness in God it will last a li- not a lifetime eternity and so depending on the angle sometimes I look from the perspective of hope trusting for something to happen and I see his goodness what's harder the perspective of victory after or this perspective of hope before. Oh, Cheryl, when you said those words last week, already right there, I saw the delight of the Lord. So you are his favorite. Okay, for, just for today. <laughs> I'm only playing. Sometimes I look from the perspective of suffering, like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Lord, take this cup from me. But he said then, when he saw the goodness of God, not my will, but your will be done. You see, it doesn't matter what perspective you look from. Whatever the circumstance is, hey, Zinzi, the goodness of God never changes. Why is there evil in the world? You may ask, but Why? Why do bad things happen? Because we live in a world where there are consequences for sin. Can I change that slightly or just add to it? Consequences, not punishment from the Father. We live in a world where there is free will, where our own choices in life, whether good or bad, has consequences. We live in a world that is fallen where the nature of sin in itself has brought consequences. But the father stands and he looks, and he looks as the the father of light to bring light into darkness, and his goodness shines through the darkness, and his goodness shines straight into our lives. 
Number two, God's goodness is tangible and visible. And this morning, I believe the Lord is going to do this for you. If you've never experienced the tangible goodness of God, then you, you'll have the opportunity this morning. Because His goodness is, is real. In fact, Psalm 34 verse 8, we sing the song. Psalm 34 verse 8, you got it up there? Taste and see, I'm not going to tell you to tell your neighbor, okay, <laughs> that the Lord is good. Taste and see. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. Let me tell you, your senses can experience the goodness of God. So what does it mean, taste and see? You know, um, I love the fact that all over the Bible, I'm looking at Didi, Jesus speaks about food. In fact, somebody asked me the other day, Jesus, how, how many times was he hungry, you know? I'm sure he was hungry every day. <laughs> but how many times in Scripture does it say, I'm hungry? In fact, he's walking down after he was resurrected, and they turned to him. They didn't recognize him until he said, I am hungry. Um, and then they realized, oh, you must be Jesus then, eh? Did he? So if you love food like the Portuguese, you know, um, we, it's probably the nature of the Father. <laughs> I, I am telling you, there's something about tasting the goodness of God. Tasting His goodness. And, and I'm going to broaden this slightly because, you know, in our minds, we, we become quite... Uh, religious and spiritual and separatism. Do you know what separatism is? Um, in fact, it's actually from a Greek, Greek philosophy. Eh? Separating what is spiritual and what is natural, yet all of life encompasses the Father. And so, to taste and see, if I look outside right now and I thank the Lord for the beautiful weather because last week it was hot in here, and then today he said, I'm going to blow the wind of freshness into, you, into this place. But you look at nature. I don't even ever just took, taken a moment and just looked at the trees. Looked at the birds. Just look, look around you. And you see the goodness of God. Do you know why? Because Genesis 1 verse 31. God creates everything. He creates the universe, He creates the trees, the birds and the bees and all those good And then He comes on day six and He makes you and He creates man. And then He turns and He says this in Genesis 1 verse 31. God saw all that He has made and it was very good. Not just good. In fact, all the verses before that, before He made man, He said, this is good. And then man comes, and he, he makes man. He makes man in his, his image. Why? Because the goodness of God is sitting in that, um, as he took that clay, and he starts to form. The goodness of God comes into that, and then he says, let us make man in our image. And he forms man into his goodness. And then he says, whoa, this is very good. This is good. It's excellent. Yet, how many times... Do we look and we say, oh, this is bad. Hey, oh, but it's too hot today. Oh, but it's too cold today. <laughs> I wish winter, winter would go away and then it would come summer. Oh, I wish winter was back. Hey. 
if we just took the time to look at nature and to see the goodness of God. I'll take it one step further. His goodness lies in you. So I'm going to do another charismatic thing, Pete. Look at your neighbor <laughs> and see the goodness of God. If it's your husband and wife, oh, come on. Yeah. Have you ever, have, seriously though, have you ever stopped to think that your spouse is the very goodness of God given to you? Hey, love? She's behind the camera. Your children is the very goodness of God given to you. Your friends are the very goodness of God given to you. Jesus took it one step further. Your neighbor. Love God, love people. Love your neighbor. Your neighbor. Jesus took it even one step further. Your enemy. <laughs> your enemy is the very goodness of God. You look at them, you see his goodness. And now some of you are thinking, this man has lost it. Do you know what my neighbor did? A dog. <laughs> Dude, I think, you know, if we looked at Jesus, John 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus Himself was the very representation of the goodness of God. And when Jesus hung on that cross, and when he shed his blood, he poured out all of God's goodness for you and me. I, I was sleeping this morning, and the Lord woke me up. You know, you guys know. And he laid out the sermon better than I could ever do. <laughs> he says, Tim, you don't, you, what you saw is just a glimpse, and what you see now is just a glimpse. If you just see, if we must see the fullness of His goodness, I think we'll be so overwhelmed. That's why when the presence of God comes, you can't help. You know, you start overeating. Hey, Llewellyn? <laughs> you start sweating, man. You start, you just like last week, I don't know who, who it was that fell. I actually thought to myself, man, somebody should have caught this guy. But he, oh, it was rough. He found me afterwards. He said, man, I feel so good. I was like, man, I heard you. Bam. <laughs> the goodness of God has got hold of you, you know. And, you know, where's Raf? He's off today. He's a big guy. Eh? I saw that. When you experience the taste and see the goodness of God, you cannot help but respond to it. And so I ask you, have you experienced his goodness lately? And it doesn't need to be in a service. It doesn't need to be on a Sunday. And I'm taking my wife later. We're driving to Simonstown. We're going to look at the goodness of God. <laughs> Observe the goodness of God with the ocean. You know, there's, there's little crickets in the, in the fainbos before they burn down. Fainbos and just, you hear those crickets? Those dasis. You know the dasi, eh? That runs all over Cape Table Mountain. 
They, found, they, they, they haven't seen anything like that in anywhere in the world. The Dassey is found in Cape Town, Table Mountain. That's why we call it the Dassey. You won't go anywhere in Australia and say, there's a Dassey. Anyway, laughing so loud. <laughs> the goodness of God is even specific to a city, to a town. Can I take it further? The goodness of God is even specific to your home. Oh. If you leave here today and you walk into your house, instead of seeing everything is wrong, the cracks that needs to be fixed, you know, the light bulb that... <laughs> I'll hear a lot of laughing coming this side. You need some help there, Charlie? I heard Marlon's good with changing lights. <laughs> you walk into your home and you look. And you know the Bible speaks about spiritual eyes. Eh? And you look and you say, Lord, open my eyes. And you see his goodness. David, and we'll close to this, and then Zinzi, we're going to get ready. Okay. David is at his deathbed. And this young man, when he was young, was a shepherd. And being a shepherd, he was out in the field, looking after the sheep. That's what shepherds do. That was a profound statement right there, huh? As he's watching the sheep, the Lord is showing him his goodness. David comes and he becomes a king. And he comes to the end of his life. And we all know this. Psalm 23. Don't, before you put it up, guys. David stands. Actually, I think he was probably lying down. But, and he writes the psalm. And you know what's amazing? is that from the king's perspective, David could look back at the shepherd boy and he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And this is what the Lord said to me and I want to share this with you this morning. Don't ever change the narrative of the goodness of God that you saw and heard when you were in the field when you start to sit on your throne. Can I explain that? You know, sometimes we trust the Lord for breakthrough and we're like, man, if I can just get this job, if I can just make that, you know, get that career, get that ladder, whatever you need to do, you know, whatever breakthrough. And then we see the Lord come through. And then when, when we're there, when you're on your throne, you forget. Easily, eh? You forget the God that met you when you were just a shepherd. And I love the Psalm 23 because David lays it out and he says, The Lord is my shepherd. He remembers, remembers the goodness of God. And he says, like Jesus in the Lord's Prayer, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, God is my provider. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. 
He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the perspective of suffering, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me, and I love this. You prepare a table before me. Here's food again. Taste and see that the Lord is good. In the presence of my enemies, I always wondered, Lord, what does that look like? Take all your worst enemies, all 500 of, no, 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 one or two of them, (laughs) and you put them in front of you, and then the Lord says, I'm going to put out a table. And I'm going to feast with you in front of your enemies. Now, we're not talking about physical enemies here. The Bible says there are spiritual enemies in Ephesians, right? There are spiritual enemies, spiritual warfare. And the Lord would put the table out before them and they'd watch and go hungry. And they will not feast with you. And then, this is my favorite part and I want to close with this. For you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me, or love, will follow me all the days of my life. Now, I'm married to a Zimbabwean. The Lord said this to me, Dad. If you go to Zim, you might find three people with the name of Shirley, goodness, and mercy. Surely goodness and mercy will not be following you. <laughs> so I, I thought about this, right? Bear with me. This is my walk with the Lord. It's not Zimbabweans, three Zimbabweans with nails. Surely goodness and mercy. It's surely, okay, goodness and mercy. So what is goodness and mercy doing? Um, I'm walking, right? My path of life. And I'm walking. Started off in, you know, as a baby. <laughs> and I'm 10 years old, and I'm 20 years old, and I'm 30 years old. And every, every decade of my life, every moment, goodness and mercy are stalking me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this picture because I saw the picture and I laughed in my sleep. <laughs> goodness and mercy stalking. Not just, you know, we can say following, but they stalk, they're stalking you. Because God can't help it, man. You can't help it. You're his favorite. So he's, they're stalking you. Something happens, and then you turn around, and you see, and then like, oh! And then you're like, who's there? And then goodness comes. Oh, it's, it's me. It's goodness. So it's goodness. Can't help it. Oh, who's with you, goodness? No, it's me. It's, it's, it's mercy. Can't help it. So, why are you following me? Because we just want to do good. We, we, we want to do good for you, sir. I'm not, I'm not doing that accent. Eh? Not good. <laughs> I'm failing like 100%. Right? <laughs> and then Mercy says, I, I know that you failed there, but that's why I'm stalking you. And so it's like God's love. It's behind you all the time. And we walk as though we're all alone. And you know, and I've been there in 2023, and I'm like, oh Lord, oh, woe is me. Why, why am I alone on all this? And the Lord is saying, you're not alone. Because I am stalking you with goodness and with mercy. 
And then this is how the dream, <laughs> this is how the dream ends. I turn and I say, but why? What did I do to deserve this? And then they both answer, like, you know, syncopation, synchronized answer. And they say, nothing. That's how much he loves you. I felt this morning, I know I'm a little animated this morning, but I felt like you needed to hear that. You needed to know that God is good and that His goodness and His mercy is following you every single day of your life. No matter what you face, no matter how hard the time may be or the times may be, and let me say this, doesn't matter what comes in 2024. Don't get it disillusioned. Don't get um, frustrated, discouraged. Have a look around you and say, Lord, show me your goodness. And show me your mercy. So we're going to sing a song as we close off this morning. And we're going to take some time to respond to this word. And I felt some of you needed to change your narrative. Not just for 2024, for life. Change your narrative of who God is. Change perspective of what God is doing in your life. I can join you. Okay. Yeah. So you can close your eyes. And uh, we're going to sing the song and um, allow the words to wash over you. And then just ask the Lord to come and change that narrative right now, this morning. my shepherd, there's nothing I need. He leads me in the safest places. He leads me in the safest places. To walk in the stream, lie by the streams. You meet me in the quiet places. You meet me in the quiet places.
to respond because you know like we saw last week every time you step out to respond you're actually just agreeing to say father come and do what you want to do and so if you want to experience this goodness this morning and i and i say this you may be a david that's come to the throne you know and you've seen the goodness of god when you were a shepherd boy when you were in the field it doesn't matter you might just be a David that's still in the field doesn't matter where you are with your journey with the Lord that his goodness will meet you right where you are and so I'm going to ask you to stand if that's you and I'm, I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes so you don't get distracted and just open your hands and as we open our hands it's like we are receiving the free gift that God has for us this morning so that's you to stand. Don't worry about the person next to you. Don't worry about whatever you came in with. Right now, I know the Lord's already shaken things off, people. You're feeling lighter already because God has already shaken it off. Your goodness, God, will follow me all the days of my life. All the days of my life And I'll dwell in your house, Lord In eternity I'll be there by your side I'll be there by your side All the days of my life All the days of my life so I want to pray for those that are standing right now. As you're standing, close your eyes, open your hands. 
whatever narrative has been laying over you that is false and not from the Father, I cancel in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for your narrative that you are a good God. Father, you are a loving God. And Lord, your goodness and your mercy will follow us wherever we go, every single day of our lives. I pray that the Lord will reveal that to you right now. And this is what we're going to do. Because the Holy Spirit does the work. As you're standing, eyes closed, just take one moment, allow the Holy Spirit to come, and He will. And sometimes He comes in ways, of, like waves of quietness, waves, sometimes it's waves of fire, it's heat. It might be something stirring in your body, stirring in your being, and sometimes it's like it's just this fresh wind of freedom that the Lord blows over you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I've, I've got a few words, and I didn't plan this, but I, Mike and Corin, I'm going to just pray for you guys, and Diddy will help me. But I do, I, I do have a word for both of you. And as, as you know, the lion, lioness, that is matured in the things of God. Our, you're the Father saying, I am reminding you of those promises that I've spoken when you were a young lion. The things you've been trusting when you were young in the Lord. And the Father says, I have not forgotten for these things shall come to pass. There is never a moment that's too late for the Father. He's always on time. Father, I thank you for the path ahead that is clearing out even more and more. I see the Father like the one that is a, a cleaner of weeds just going before you to pull out distractions ahead so that the path ahead may be clear and easy. Father, I thank you for the season of rest and the season of ease. In Jesus' name. There's more. The latter will always be greater because there's always more in the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I do also want to pray for, for um, Margaret and Fred. And if you, you just trust the Lord with us here this morning. Father, I thank you for faithful servants in your house. Oh. For Father, they've been so faithful. And I see that the Lord has laid out a path for you of even exponential fruit. Multiplication beyond you've ever seen, Margaret Fred. I pray that the gift of teaching will, Father, become so prominent, not just in this house, that, Lord, the impact will be, go way beyond. And it's almost like the seeds have gone already. Some seeds you've seen go, others you've not seen. And they've planted elsewhere. And the Lord says, I'm happy with that. Because it's about my kingdom. My kingdom expands. And Father, I just thank you, Lord. Even in the days that lies ahead, they will know your goodness. Experience your goodness, Lord. There will be a time of refreshing for both Margaret and Fred. But the Lord is already springing up little green shoots in that grass. A new season is there and he will show you exactly what and where and how and when. Thank you.
Jesus. Thank you, Father. We, we, we're going to just take a few more minutes, and then we'll close there. But can I just speak a word over you? So, Lord, I thank you for, li- for ahead lies a season of greenery. And I, I see it clearly, the green grass that you've been hoping for, trusting for, will begin to grow. It may look like, you know, little specks all over. You know, when grass begins to grow, it's not like they all just come at one time. And and Lord says, don't be discouraged because look at the grass, not between the grass. As they begin to come, before you know it, the whole lawn will be full. And I, I believe it will happen even in this year. In Jesus' name. Jules, I'm going to ask you just to pray for Salma there. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I don't know who this word is for, but I'm going to speak this word out. Someone came in here this morning, and you were really disillusioned. You were really down. In fact, you probably were listening to most of the message and thinking, that's not me. That's not where I am. But right now, the Spirit of the Lord has revealed it to you, that this message was for you. I don't, want to, I don't want you to stand. I just want to say to you, know that the Lord has spoken to you, that He has reached you where you're at. And even though you feel you fall, He is near. He is right there beside you. And if you want us to pray for you, you can come up, come to us afterwards. Some leaders will be here, will minister to you. But Lord, I thank you for William there. Someone just lay hands on William. Um, Lucinda, you can do that. I just thank you, Father, for this young man. Father, as he's come to know you, that, Lord, may he know your goodness in your fullness. In Jesus' name. You guys just keep praying for, for William there. So we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. I pray, Father, even as we leave today, that we may know your goodness wherever we go. In Jesus' name. And the people of God say, Amen. May the Lord bless you. I want to I wanna encourage you, if you need some time um, of ministry, someone to pray for you, just come to the front. We're more than happy to pray. Um, and for those of you that need to go, have an awesome Sunday. Have a great time this week. And we are back here next week, Sunday morning at 9 a.m. 8.30 for prayer. Then 9 a.m. for our service. Lord bless you.